Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And Phil, it is the return of the mini episode. Many, 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 many. <laughs> it's uh, as we've mentioned many times before, uh, life scheduling, holidays, things like that all get in the way sometimes. So mini episodes are a little easier for us to fit into our schedules. In this case, uh, we can say it's because Thanksgiving is this coming up weekend at the time that we're well, recording. For slash, you it is for you, right? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. right. For all our British listeners, you're like, oh, that's that holiday. Um, but here in America, it's a fairly big deal. So uh, I'll be out of town, which makes editing tricky. So couple a couple mini episodes for you. Um, but we thought we'd kind of make this one a little bit themed, if you will. Phil, do you yes, want to explain? Yes. Okay, well, uh, as it's Thanksgiving coming up, and that happened in the past, well, originally originated in the past, we're going to be doing our top five historical drama films. Right, which was kind of a tricky category, we, we realized, as we started the list. So yeah. I think what we did was we, we, we skipped over war movies, for the most part, because yeah, that's yeah. A, a separate list. We largely skipped over westerns, although one or two could uh, make their way yeah. in. Yeah. And then it's not necessarily, it could be a movie that's fictional or based on true historical events, as long as it's not a documentary. But it, So a historical drama, basically a, a dramatic film, takes place in the past, you know, sort of kind of has a, I think you all know what a historical drama is, so yeah, not a big uh, mystery. But, but yeah, because we just realized if we were going to have war films or just folk, we could have had a whole list based on war films or westerns, so we'll save them for another time. And those will be coming in future mini episodes. We'll be doing but the, those But there, as might, well. there might be like we allowed, you know, one or two things to creep in, so we'll, we'll right. see. Sounds good. And uh, Phil, before we jump into our list, though, I believe you had gotten some mail you wanted to mention. Yes, I got sent a beautiful hardback book from... Uh, Real Art Press, R.A.P., and it is Frankenstein, The First 200 Years by Christopher Frayling, and it's a beautiful book, which basically, as the name suggests, looks back on the influence that Frank, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein has had through the ages, and it's uh, it goes right back to Mary Shelley and how it got written, and it's got uh, reproductions of her original notes after she told the story on that fateful night, and then it brings it all up to modern day, and you see the you see how many times... Frankenstein's monster has appeared in films, TVs, commercials, video games, everything. It's absolutely fascinating. It's great to, to see it all in one place. And it's got some beautiful photos of all the different versions of the monster. And it can highly recommend it. So that's uh, Frankenstein, The First 200 Years by Christopher Frayling from Real Art Press. Many thanks for sending that over. Well, uh, that sounds really, really cool. Apparently, Real Art Press didn't realize that I happen to be a huge fan of all things Frankenstein, books, movies, you name it. So obviously they forgot to send me my copy. But, you know, if they're listening and they want to, uh, you know, <laughs> hook a, a big Frankenstein fan up, uh, you know, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> I, was just trying to, I was trying to think of a Frankenstein quote to come out on an app. I can't think of it. It's alive, yeah. Moo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, maybe maybe they'll send you the sequel, The Bride, 
of Frankenstein, the next 200 go. years. All right, I'll take it. I'll you just have it. to wait a couple of hundred years for that. Yeah, you know, that's okay. I'm patient. I'm patient. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into our list then, shall we? Yes, let's uh, crack on with it. Do you want to start off? Yeah, sure. Uh, my number five is a film that I believe has been on one of my top ten lists before, so I don't think it'll come as a huge surprise to anyone. And it... it it's definitely not a Western per se, a little Western influence, if you will. It is uh, Kevin Costner's Dances with Wolves. It's one of those films that, you know, I, I just I really like it. It's not something I pull out to watch often because um, it's kind of long, uh, but Costner is great in it. He, you know, he directed it. He stars in it. It's got the whole Tatanka, you know, bit, uh, which I <laughs> which I enjoy. And, um, you know, it's it's one of those films that I think people kind of I don't want to say have forgotten about it, but it has definitely sort of faded in the pop culture awareness. But I, I do think it really holds up as a very, very strong film. Uh, good story, good performances, and I really like it. So that's my number five. Yeah, an excellent choice. Uh, I was thinking of having this one, but instead my number five was another Kevin Costner film. Uh, set ooh, on ooh, can I guess? Go on. Is it Open Range? No, no, that was another ah. one I was thinking of. I went with Wyatt Earp. Ah, good, okay. Because there's been so many, you know, based on uh, the gunfight at the OK Corral. I'd also like to throw out, include Tombstone in this as well, because that's that's another version of it, but it's a bit, bit more action-packed. Right. But uh, Wyatt Earp is a... It shows a lot more of his life than Tombstone does, but I really liked it. I know at the time people sort of were going, oh, it's too long again, blah, blah, blah. But it's, uh, it had a cracking performance by Dennis Quaid as Doc Holliday, which I think is always the best role for the actors. Yeah, in yeah I things. agree. But, uh, I agree. But everybody, it's got, I mean, it had Gene Hackman and Isabella Rossellini and Bill Pullman, but it's, it, it was great. It really got the feel, like with Open Range as well. It gives you the, it gives you the feeling of what it must have been like to live in, in that time. Right, and it's got these people who were larger than life, but weren't real people, which right. is just great. But uh, Kevin Costner, I always, he, I always think he does really good things. Yeah, yeah. If he's di- even if he's just starring in a film or yeah. if he's directing it, but this one, uh, White Earp, you could just put it on and just, uh, just follow the story of the lawman and his, and what he gets up to. Very good pick. I, you know, honestly, I've only seen it once, and I, I do think I remember feeling like it was a little too long, but it's been so long, I, I would have to revisit it. But, I, you know, it certainly I, – I am a big Kevin Costner fan, so I tend to give him the benefit of the doubt every yeah, time yeah. I can. Uh, well, my number four, uh, you've mentioned it, <laughs> and, and it is Tombstone, which I, oh, yeah. I agree is a little bit more of an action film. Um, so I know that it was kind of a stretch, but – I don't know. I just wanted to get it on there because I really like that film. I think I talked about it just not that long ago. Actually, it was in my top ten, so uh, I won't I won't go on too much length about it. But it is a really fun movie. Yeah, I, I guess it's really good. Yeah, I guess I don't know if I qualify it as a drama. I guess this is my one cheat. The rest of my films are definitely real dramas. Well, so. That's the thing. There is there is lots of drama in it because it's not all gunfights. You just right. often these kind of films you think back and go, oh, I had this great gun battle. But there is all the bits when he's you know they're coming into the town and the the setting up the business and the casino and. And the things with his wife and, you know, drinking the laudanum and all that kind of thing. And yeah. The, the acting troupe and things. Right, exactly. So there's lots so, of drama in it. But well, there there's also go. some cool bits with, with Kate Russell going, no, and then shooting <laughs> in slow motion. Right. <laughs> well, that's my number four. Okay, my number four is 1959's Ben-Hair, which has been made a few times recently. The most recent one was last year, which sort of died a death. But this one is the Charlton Heston one, and it's Ben-Hair, you know, the Roman dude. He comes across, he finds Christ as well in the desert and he's, you know, he's always almost crossing paths with him a few times. There's the chariot race and that, they're often the ones you just think of and you go, oh, that's what Ben Hare is. But it's, again, it's a big, huge epic following this person as he's like a, a slave or he's a rowing on a, you know, on, on a big galley and all this kind of thing. And it's, he has ups and downs and it's it's fantastic. It's, it's often one of the ones where you go, oh, I'm not going to watch that. I've seen it loads of times and then you watch it and realise, 
you've only seen it all the way through a couple of times and it's really good. Right. And I, I do like the fact that your description of Ben-Hur is, you know, the Roman dude. Yeah, that's, that's bonus it. Bonus points for that. I think that was on the original poster. Ben-Hur, <laughs> the Roman dude. A new epic Ben-Hur, yeah. the Roman dude. And also, it's another good film when people go, oh, you know, what's the point of making remakes? They're all rubbish because this version, the 1959 film was a remake of the 1925 silent film. So that's there right. you go. Well, I think I may have confessed this when we did 1959 in our top 10s. Uh, uh, but I've never actually yeah. seen Ben-Hur the whole way through. I've seen The Chariot Race and various bits and pieces of it. I've probably seen most of the movie by this point, but I've never sat and watched it top to bottom, which I need to do. So uh, that's why it didn't make my list, but an excellent choice nonetheless. Thank you. Uh, my number three is uh, actually a Tom Cruise movie, believe it or not, and it is The Last Samurai. Uh, and it oh, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. This is one of those movies that I, I never saw when it came out originally. I always thought it looked cool, but it wasn't like – oh, I'm dying to see that, and I just sort of never got around to it. And I actually just watched it for the first time earlier this year, and I was blown away by it. I really loved it. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Yeah, it's you know, Cruise is is terrific. The I really like the story of it. I think it's very respectful of the Japanese, like the samurai culture, but it also does kind of have this melding of you know American and Japanese cultures. It does allow it to be a Tom Cruise vehicle, but he is really. I don't want to say he plays second fiddle, but he really lets himself kind of get into the role and let the whole character take over. So it's not just a Tom Cruise movie, so to speak. Yeah, he's uh, it's yeah he's not he's not full on Tom Cruise. Right, right. But um, it you know it looks great, and I, I love the drama of it, and I really got I found the characters to be very endearing, and I I just really liked it. It really took me by surprise. So that's my number three. An excellent choice. I do like that. It didn't make my list, uh, but no, I did I did enjoy that film. Okay, my number three is uh it's another roman one this one spartacus very good 1960 directed by stanley kubrick and written by dalton trumbo who was the subject of a film last year or the year before with which starred brian cranston but spartacus is the one kirk douglas as the roman slave spartacus who uh goes up against Lawrence olivier's roman general another couple of roman dudes <laughs> yeah just it's, it's a bunch of roman dudes going around you know stabbing people and Stand up and saying, I am Spartacus. No, I am Spartacus. And talking about uh, snails and oysters in a bath. Right. Yeah, but uh, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's another stunning film. It's Stanley Kubrick and it's a huge cast. And it's back when the, you know, those films in the, in the 50s and 60s when they just got all these, they got like hundreds and thousands of extras in because that's the only way you could do it. And they built these amazing sets and fascinating, um, uh, incredible set pieces and, it's just it's just gorgeous to look at and it's a great story of this this lowly slave who becomes you know becomes a leader of like a revolution and it's uh, it's great and it won four academy awards there you go very good pick my number 2 uh leans a little more recent both in era of the film being set and in the era it was produced it is 2008's there will be blood starring daniel day lewis as oh, yeah. daniel plainview a man a fairly ruthless man out to uh make his fortune in the oil business, uh, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. I think the last film he made that I liked. Um, <laughs> I used to be a really big fan of his, and this is one of the movies that that cemented that for me. I, I really love this film. I know some people who hate it. They think it's long. They think it's boring. They're, the film starts off with the speech by Daniel Day Lewis talking about how he became an oil man, and just from like from that speech alone, I was hooked. Like I actually made my wife sit down and watch 
just that speech before the Oscars that year because I was like, you have to see this. It's so <laughs> riveting, this monologue he delivers in the first like three minutes of the film. It just it blows me away. Um, I do think that last sort of 10-minute coda at the end is kind of weird and doesn't necessarily fit with the rest of the film, yeah, although some yeah, people argue yeah. that it's the perfect ending for the film um, with the milkshake and all that stuff. But, man, I just I really love this film. I find it a, a, a real, like, a tragedy, a character tragedy, this man who puts this money and this business above everything else, including his family and his son. But just great performance from, I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge Daniel Day-Lewis fan. I think he's a great actor, but he's one of those people who takes himself a little too seriously for my tastes. But, man, I think he is absolutely brilliant in this movie, and I, I really do love it. An excellent choice, yes. Thank you. Okay, well, my number two, Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai. Good choice. Yes, thank you very much. It sort of it gives you this. It's it's it is about the village who hire the seven samurai to protect them from the bandits, but it it uh, it gives you good insight into you know the way the world was then, how these people lived in the small the small towns, the small villages, and also the samurai and the ro- the ronin as they were wandering around uh, Japan. And obviously, it's a classic for good reason because it's an amazing film. Brilliant characters, stunning cinematography, a great story, which, you know, has been remade, you know, The Magnificent Seven numerous times and other other films as well. Battle Beyond the Stars. It's, it's all there, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's a, a stone cold classic. And if you haven't seen it, you know, because some people will be going, oh, it's black and white. It's like three, three and a half hours long or however long it is. You know, it's, it's, it's that long because it needs to be because it's. It's a stunning film. A worthy pick, Phil. A worthy pick. All right. Well, my number one will come as a surprise to very few people who listen to this show regularly uh, because we talked about it not all that long ago. And actually, we went after the ending of it uh, just a handful of episodes ago. And it is the 1939 classic Gone with the Wind. Yes. yes. I have shared the story fairly recently, so I won't I won't bore you too long. But in case you missed that episode. Um, well, fr- frankly, Mike, I don't give a damn. <laughs> Hey. hey! Oh, it never gets old, that one. Nicely done. Nicely well played, sir. Um, you know, I'd seen Gone with the Wind when I was a kid. I decided to watch it again a few months ago before we did our episode about it uh, because, I, you know, basically it was like watching it for the first time because I remembered so little of it. And I absolutely fell in love with this movie. It is it is easily in my probably top 10 films of all time now. I think Vivian Lee gives a performance for the ages and uh, Clark Gable is just uh, fantastic. And I know I know there's some political issues with the film nowadays. I can't apologize for what Hollywood was turning out in 1939 and I'm not going to, you know, defend it for its portrayal of slavery and stuff. I, I know there's inaccuracies there, but that to me is secondary to this, you know, amazing story of these two people who can just never quite get their to fall in love at the same time, set against the backdrop of the, the Civil War. Get the crap together. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, and that's what really gives it the historical drama part of it, is it's, you know, it's set against the backdrop of the Civil War and that the events of the Civil War play such a big part in the film. Uh, and uh, I just think it's an amazing, amazing film. Even at three and a half hours, uh, I could have watched it ten times over. I, I think it's brilliant. So that's my number one. It's a movie that I absolutely adore. An excellent choice. Uh, my number one is uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, 1962, the, f- the film based on the life of T.E. Lawrence, directed by David Lean and starring Peter O'Toole in one of his best roles ever. And again, it's a, it's a fascinating character he's playing, but the way it's the way the film's made, the way it opens as well with the motorbike crash, and then we see what Lawrence did and all the stunning scenery of the desert. You know, it's just beautiful. Uh, you know, Omar Sharif coming out of the desert on the camel and when I was in I went to Jordan a few years back and we were 
part of the the trip we were in the desert near where they filmed it and it's it's just incredible being there but it's just seeing it on on this the big screen is just just amazing and it's one of those films again where you, you see going oh it's got it's like it's so long you look at the running time but then when you watch it you, you go and it's not long enough we need more we need more but it's a huge cast you know it's got Alec Guinness Anthony Quinn Omar Sharif Anthony Quayle Claude Rains it's just a stunning film it's just amazing yeah I mean obviously it's it's a brilliant film I, I've I think we've talked about before some of my issues with it it's a little bit long even for mm-hmm. me and I know I just said that Gone with the Wind is yeah, yeah, super yeah. long and it's worth it and, and I so I'm a hypocrite but um, <laughs> I do like Lawrence of Arabia it is it is a beautiful film with great performances but it always just sort of falls right outside my my top list because I yeah I just I always find the first half of it so engaging and then the second half I sort of it, it loses me somewhere no but that's fair enough it's hard fair to enough. argue with you know Lawrence of Arabia one of the you know most acclaimed films of all time <laughs> yeah. yeah, and this one won seven Academy Awards, so that's not bad going. Not bad at all. All right, well, there you go. So those are our top five historical dramas, and that is uh, that's our list. Yeah, so uh, let us know what your favorite historical dramas are, or get in touch to let us know what films you're watching out during the Thanksgiving period, or if you're in the UK, just get in touch and let us know what films Thursday. you're watching. Thursday, <laughs> yeah. you know, as we call it in the UK, Thursday. Yeah. Thursday, yeah. Well, <laughs> on that note, then, uh, we are out of here, or as some would say, we're history. Ah. <sighs> See what I did there? Ooh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's something. I don't know if amazing but, is Oh, we're going to have to finish this one soon because I think we're out of time. Oh, 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 oh. All right. Leaving them with a good taste in their mouths. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That is us then. So uh, for now, we will leave you. Uh, thank you very much for listening as always. Have a good Thanksgiving, everybody. Yes, and have a, have a happy Thursday for all of you yeah. listening abroad. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that Thursday. I bet you are. I certainly am. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, as always, we thank you greatly for listening. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next week. After the ending. Well, my number two is not Spartacus. Um, I said that because it sounded like I was going to say, well, (laughs) mine is the same one, and it's not. So I'll just do that whole thing again. It's all good in the hood. Oh, you, You sound very street when you say that. I like to be a bit street now and again. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> yeah. That's when I think of Phil Edwards, the, the descriptor that comes to mind is he's very street, very urban. Yeah, it's our, it's our role. <laughs> yeah. I've, got, I've got moves. I can do it, you know. Yeah. I'm hip. I'm down. I've got the 411. Yeah. I can get jiggy with it. Yeah, when they see me rolling, they hate him. <laughs>